Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the PensCast. I am your host, Garrett Bahanna. Alongside me is fellow contributing writer over at Pensburg.com and co-host of the PensCast and the PensCast mailbag here at the Skating Penguin Network. It is Robbie Noggle. Robbie, this is not a mailbag episode. This is a news-centric episode, and the reason why we are recording right now we are recording in the evening of June 1st, 2023, because Fenway Sports Group and the Pittsburgh Penguins made a little old announcement earlier in the morning on June 1st, and it is what everyone expected and maybe not what everyone expected. Fenway Sports Group got their man. Kyle Dubas has been officially named the president of hockey operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is a real sentence that we can finally officially say Dubas departs Toronto, comes to Pittsburgh, and uh, he had his first media availability earlier in the afternoon, earlier today. And Robbie, I had a chance to watch it live on the Penguins YouTube channel. And I came away from that 20-ish minute media press conference very, very, very excited about the future. Uh, I have made my admiration and adoration for Kyle Dubas known for some time. And as rumors started to circulate after his departure from the Toronto Maple Leafs, that he was the guy that Fenway sports group wanted to bring in while Fenway sports group has their guy. It is certainly going to be a new and exciting era of penguins hockey. As we get into the summer months, as we lead up to the NHL draft and uh, for the free agency period. So uh, before we get into some of the nooks and crannies and some of the more uh, specific details of what Dubas will be doing and overseeing, uh, Robbie, I'll hand it off to you and you can give your initial thoughts on the hiring of Kyle Dubas as the Penguins' new president of hockey operations. So just starting on the surface of everything, a big win for the Penguins, I think. Slam dunk. And if you kind of look at how everything developed i mean we went from so the penguins fire on hextall all of a sudden there's tons of names being thrown at you guys that you've heard of guys that you've not heard of but one constant through this whole entire process has been uh the name kyle dubas now when the maple leafs won that first round series against uh the tampa bay lightning kind of maybe thought okay finally got over that hump they're into the next. They're into the next round. They'll again. He was always g- going to need a new contract, so it kind of came down to okay. They're probably going to resign him now. They they got over that hump. Uh, the stars finally showed up when they needed them to, and then they go out and they just look absolutely lifeless against uh, the the Florida Panthers. Now, Florida's been mowing through these playoffs ever since they beat Boston. They are up three zero on Toronto, one and five, and then they swept. Uh, the hurricane. So, I mean, Toronto kind of ran into a buzzsaw in that, in that way, but all of a sudden they get knocked out. Um, and still there's really, I mean, you still really don't, you really aren't sure what the, the status with Kyle Dubas is. And in this whole time, the Penguins are interviewing uh, big names are popping up. Uh, Eric Tolsky from Carolina, Matthew Darsh uh, from Tampa Bay. Um, the, the whole list kind of uh, is starting to take form. A few days later, it just all kind of comes out that, Dubas is not re-upping in Toronto. He's going to be out of a contract. And it was kind of alluded to this. The story was kind of told in the opening presser with Dubas that he was very keen on 
taking a break because within 24 hours of him no longer being the Maple Leafs general manager, Fenway Sports Group had already had permission from Toronto to talk to Dubas. And he kind of said that, you know what, I'm just going to, we just need a moment to breathe. And he gave credit to his wife saying, hey, I think you at least got to sit down and talk with them. And ever since that first conversation, it certainly feels from what they said today in the press conference that this was the goal. It was ultimately, at least from a Fenway's perspective, he suddenly, when he became available, he was target one. He was at the top of the list. There were still some uh, questions on Dubas' mind, relocating the family from Canada to the United States. A lot goes into that. He has young kids. Uh, he talked, we'll, we'll go a little bit more in depth with the family stuff a little bit later, but it very clear that once he lost, once he was out in Toronto, he went to the very top of the Penguins list. It took some convincing. It took a, a, conversations with Mike Sullivan, Sidney Crosby, who knows who else. But at the end of the day, on June 1st, 2023, we sit here now. Cal Dubas is the president of hockey operations for the Penguins. He has what he wanted in Toronto. He has full control. It is his front office. And Fenway Sports Group, they talk the talk that they are we- they are ready to supply him with whatever is necessary to win with the Pittsburgh Penguins, not only now, but in the future as well. So on the surface, I don't see any way to be mad about this. Uh, he clearly has a vision. I think that came across very well in the in the press conference that it's not just coming in with, we're going to see how this works out. He broke down specific areas of the Penguins that he sees needs worked on, what he likes. Um, the, he specifically uh, talked about the goaltending situation, how that'll be evaluated, and the draft as well. So clearly a smart guy. Obviously, it'll all be proven once the games start. But I think right now, if you're a Penguins fan, you have to feel pretty darn good. Again, the bar was very low. But from what we heard from this opening press conference, I have to give it high marks. And I'm, I'm very, very excited. It's not often that an executive comes aboard and is hired by a team and the fan base, the vast, vast majority. I don't want to speak in totality here, but the vast majority of the fan base is overwhelmingly excited and overwhelmingly approves of this of this move. Because like you said, Robbie, the bar was so low with Ron Hextall's passive approach. It's not often you have an executive having the, the fans are ready to ready to drop the puck now as we sit here on June 1st. We still have essentially a month before the draft and free agency gets here. And already Kyle Dubas has seemingly reinvigorated, re-energized this fan base who was so desperate for for change following the the end of the playoff streak the real lack of direction and vision that Hextall provided when he was in charge in his two years here in Pittsburgh so you also mentioned too which is a good point he has full control I can't speak for Dubas and the situation in Toronto I do wonder if Dubas when he was negotiating with Toronto for a contract extension if he wanted more control and the Maple Leafs board and uh, Brendan Shanahan maybe didn't give him the control that he was after but as soon as he was made available 
He immediately bolted to the top of FSG's list. Uh, it's no secret why. You said, Robbie, he has a vision. I thought Dubas articulated himself very well in this opening press conference, giving very thorough answers, even if you thought they were surface-level answers to a lot of the reporters there today, talking about the future, rounding out the team with depth players, tackling the Tristan Jari situation, talking about the cap space, talking about the draft picks, and trying to maximize what's left of the Crosby Malkin era while building for the future. Everything, everything came across as incredibly professional. He always struck me as a person who was well prepared and ready to handle a job like this. He has that control for the time being, starting from today, the day he was officially revealed as the president of hockey operations through July. He will act as the general manager on an interim basis. I find that to be one, a very promising, positive development. Number two, very interesting to see who he will have below him. Obviously, it will likely be someone who shares his vision and the way he sees the game using data, analytics, that sort of thing to construct his roster. But uh, he is the head honcho now outside of the FSG executives who we saw before Dubas was uh, officially unveiled as the new president of hockey operations. But this is Kyle Dubas's team. And there was a point, there was a point, Robbie, we, we sit here recording this on June 1st and throughout the last week and a half, two weeks or so, when the rumors started to get louder and louder that it looks like Dubas was entertaining offers and he was strongly considering Pittsburgh's offer. There was, there was a shred of doubt in my mind because we hadn't heard anything official regarding Dubas's status. Would he take the job or would he not take the job? Then came Memorial Day weekend. I was certain that we were going to hear something on that Tuesday after Memorial Day here in the States. Uh, that didn't come to fruition. I was starting to get nervous. I was wondering, okay, I'm starting to mentally prepare myself for the fact that Kyle Dubas may not take this job. He may go in a different direction. Maybe he does want to sit out. Maybe he doesn't want to move his family from Toronto down into Pittsburgh. Uh, we know now that was obviously not the case. You could not have presented Dubas in a better light earlier today at this press conference where he detailed his vision for the team. And uh, let, let's get into that and, and talk about some of the some of the bullet points that were mentioned here at, at this press conference. Dubas mentioned that he had very positive conversations with Mike Sullivan and Sidney Crosby. And he said that those conversations were, quote, paramount to him ended, ending up taking this job. He spoke very, very highly of Mike Sullivan. If you had any doubt on Mike Sullivan's future in Pittsburgh, I believe the FSG brass have now come out publicly and said they are going to support Mike Sullivan. Kyle Dubas has now come out and gave his support to Mike Sullivan. So outside of a monumental collapse, uh, it looks like Mike Sullivan is going to be the guy behind the bench in Pittsburgh for the foreseeable future. Dubas talked about wanting to create this next era with the intention of moving forward and trying to capitalize what's next. He strikes me as a realist. I mean, we all know, even from the outside looking in, that Latang, Mulkin, and Crosby are on the wrong side of 30. They're closer to the end than they are the beginning. Dubas realizes that, and he's excited to take on that challenge of, of trying to remain competitive and trying to build for this next era, as was so often touched on in this press conference. 
one of the things I really liked was he was asked if the Penguins are still a contender because many, after not clinching a postseason berth, many started to wonder if this core had anything left in the tank. And Dubas flat out came out and said he was not going to bet against Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and Mike Sullivan. He said, quote, I do think this group, this is a group capable of winning a championship and went on to talk about the next couple of weeks as being crucial to try and round out this roster. So Dubas, like I said, came across very articulated, very excited about this new role, working with the likes of Mike Sullivan, Sidney Crosby and company. I I could not be more impressed. And this was only the first day. This was only the first day of the Kyle Dubas era. Robbie, I'll hand it back over to you. You and I are on the same wavelength here, as is the majority of the Penguins fandom. I, I can't stop singing the praises of of Kyle Dubas, even if it is just one day and it was a 20-minute press conference. I walked away from that feeling very excited, very confident. It was very refreshing to have someone speak so openly and candidly about their vision, how they want to construct their roster, and uh, it's just uh, very refreshing. It's a breath of fresh air. So uh, I'll hand it back over to you, Robbie, if you have uh, any more additional thoughts you'd like to you'd like to share. You made a, a couple of very good points there. And one of the quotes that really stuck out to me from this press conference was the one you mentioned about people on the outside doubting guys like Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Sullivan, and uh, Dubas being squarely in the camp of, I'm going to bet on them. And Sullivan seems like a Dubas guy. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Fenway Sports Group, once Mike Sullivan was the head coach, I don't think at any point during this entire process, uh, amidst all the firings in the front office, that Mike Sullivan's job was ever in jeopardy. And I'm not. And now hearing that, again, a lot can change if they come out of the gate next year. Absolutely dreadful. I question how hot that seat's going to be for Mike Sullivan. And I'm not necessarily anti that because it seems like the style that Sullivan wants to play, which we know, is similar to what Dubas wants to build. Again, a lot of the question. I mean, he even said he'd basically been on the job for officially 15 minutes when this press conference happened. But he also made a good point is that the Penguins, when he was in Toronto, being a conference rival, uh, a team that you have to jockey with, that might be fighting over the same players when it comes to trades, he had to at least have an understanding of the Penguins, their system, what they have, what they don't have. So he had, So he at least has a foundation of knowledge about what he's walking into. And he clearly likes enough of what he sees to believe that the moves can be made to get this team at least back into the playoffs. We'll worry about competing and compet- or being competitive, how competitive they can be later. As bad as this team was this year, with the goaltending, the bottom six, the bad trade, they were a point from making the playoffs. Now, when they get in there, I don't envision they do what Florida does. But at the end of the day, they were only a point off a team that is currently in the Stanley Cup final, the Eastern Conference champion. He sees what needs to be done, and he knows that four weeks from now, he'll be in Nashville for the second night of the draft. The 28th is round one. As of now, the Penguins have a pick, and he didn't really, he didn't really give any kind of – he didn't really show his hand when it came to – what might be available in trade or what they might be looking for. 
Uh, it's all going to be an evaluation process in these next four weeks. Two days after that draft ends, we have free agency on July 1st. That's where you're going to make your biggest impact heading into next season. So in the next 30 days, 31 days, Kyle Dubas is not going to get much sleep, I'd say, because he has all these questions to answer, a lot of evaluation to do, not just on the team, but his he gets to build everything now. And that's really what he wanted to do in Toronto, and it just didn't jive with what their plan was. We look at what's going to go on with the general manager. Um, this just popped up while I was uh, collecting quotes to talk about for this episode, and Pierre Lebrun uh, tweeted out, he heard that the Lightning uh, assistant general manager, Matthew Darsh, who we know was a finalist, he did, uh, Lebrun confirmed that he got really deep into the process, uh, but he was informed this morning that he was he was out of the running for the job that Kyle Dubas got, which is the president of hockey operations. So does that mean he's still in consideration for the general manager position? LeBron didn't say. That's all he left it at. Dubas mentioned in the opening presser that uh, this first month he will be the acting interim general manager. Uh, he said that uh, there's a process of having to perhaps ask for permission to uh, talk to some potential general manager candidates that may still be under contract with their current teams. You would assume that if they interviewed all these other, they wouldn't have to ask permission again. Um, I don't know exactly how that process works, but some other names mentioned Brandon Pridham, who works with, who worked with uh, Dubas in Toronto, Sam Ventura, uh, Cam Lawrence, who is with the Columbus Blue Jackets, but worked with uh, the Florida Panthers and is a reason for, a lot of the talent that Florida now has on that team. Darsh, we don't know if he's out of the running for president of Hockey Ops, but is he still in the running for general manager? We're going to find all that out. And who else Dubas may have in mind? We'll find out. Jeff Merrick has also uh, said on his show today that he believes that Jason Spezza will be coming to the Penguins in some form or fashion to work with Kyle Dubas, he worked with him this past season in Toronto. He is, I, it doesn't sound like he's in, in a role for any kind of managerial position, but there is a contract issue there. So he technically may not be able to be hired directly by the Penguins. He may have to be hired by the Fenway Sports Group in an advisor type role, which he would then focus on working with the Penguins. That's kind of a, a loophole in the in the system that it could get him in that way so this part is done but there's a lot a lot to do now in this in, in this next 30 30 some odd days and the main focus you're going to hear much about is the draft and free agency are going to be to the bit two big ones but also we got Tristan Jari what's his status the buyout period's coming up Jason Zucker now this can all kind of get the ball rolling I know that the front office without anybody necessarily steering the ship got the Nylander deal, uh, the Alex Nylander deal done. That deal is much easier to take care of than a deal for Jason Zucker or Tristan Jari. They wanted to get uh, their guy in there and see what the plan is. If I'd be putting money down, honestly, right now, I feel I feel more, I'd lean toward Tristan Jari coming back to Pittsburgh on a short-term deal next year. Jason Zucker didn't get a, a real feeling on that on where that stands. He didn't really, uh, Kyle Dubas didn't talk much about that, but I definitely got more of a feel that 
based on what he said about what's on the market, unless a trade possibility would be there for guys we've talked about uh, in the past, Juicy Soros, Connor Hellebuck, um, someone of that caliber, or making some kind of move for Jeremy Swayman in, in Boston, maybe Jari is like a 1B, 1A option, and they bring in a veteran that can split time with him. Um, and maybe Casey Smith is on the way out that way. But I think that we got a much clearer picture of where this team is headed uh, in the coming uh, weeks and months and even in the coming years because the discussion was not just on next season or the season after that. It's on what happens when the big three steps aside. And again, we know that's coming sooner rather than later. Uh, They're all getting up there in age, but hey, that's a conversation for another day, I think right now the focus in these next 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 month is focusing on what the task at hand, the draft. Again, he's been working with scouts for months on the draft, kind of known where the Maple Leafs pick was going to be compared to the Penguins. So, I mean, he's kind of in that still that sweet zone. Um, and he knows he has that trade leverage with that first round pick as well. So uh, a lot to unfold in these next four weeks, four plus weeks, along with keeping an eye on a general manager search and see who they bring in there. But I think it's going to be a progressive thinking GM, like in the same kind of line as Dubas is. So that's what to look forward to these next few weeks. And I think this season ended on a dull note and it kind of drug on these last couple of weeks here with this search. But I think the excitement for the off season uh, is finally starting to come around again. We'll wrap up talking about at least just, if you're not fully convinced about, Dubas, given the failures, if you want to even call them failures that uh, Toronto had in the postseason, obviously the Stanley Cup eluded Kyle Dubas and his time in Toronto. But during Dubas's five seasons as general manager of the Maple Leafs, Toronto compiled a regular season record of 221, 109, and 42. That is a 651 points percentage, ranking fifth in the league in wins and points percentage. Three of the five best regular seasons in Maple Leafs history by wins and points percentage came during Kyle Dubas's tenure during the 2018-19 season, the 2021-22 season, and 22-23 season. So if you're not entirely convinced that this 37-year-old can build a, a competitive roster, I think I saw the statistic was under his leadership, the Leafs averaged like 106 points per season, which is ridiculous. Granted, the Leafs do have a lot of very young, talented players, but so do the Penguins. That was one of the things that, maybe not young players, but talent certainly is there. That was one of the things that Dubas put emphasis on during the press conference was he fully believes in this top six, and it's one of the better top sixes in the league. He fully believes in the star power of Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby and company, even in their advanced ages, he fully, fully believes in in their ability to compete and win another championship. Dubas set the franchise record in Toronto for becoming the fastest general manager to earn 100 and 200 regular season wins, needing only 176 and 376 regular season games, respectively, to reach these 100 and 200 win milestones. The organization qualified for the Stanley Cup playoffs in each year during Dubas' tenure, 
And, of course, uh, the biggest t- takeaway for the Toronto Maple Leafs in this postseason was the fact that they were able to get out of the first round for the first time since the 2003-2004 seasons. Yes, Dubas was never able to capture a Stanley Cup in the starved city of Toronto, but this is an executive where the resume honestly speaks for itself. He has won. His vision he has implemented has been proven to be successful. He has won uh, at various places, uh, whether it was in Toronto with the Maple Leafs, their AHL team, the Marlies. Either way, the point stands that Kyle Dubas has proven himself to be a winner, even if his executive career has really not even taken him into his 40s yet, which is mind-boggling. But this is the kind of move that I had been wanting for so long. So many old, retired hockey men continuously get recycled, and this progressive line of thinking with an emphasis on data and analytics, I know some older fans may not like that kind of approach, I am so excited that the Penguins are helping to be at the forefront of leading change and becoming more progressive as an organization. And that is on full display with this hiring of Kyle Dubas and the way that he will very likely be running the ship here in Pittsburgh for the foreseeable future. That's about it, in all honesty. Uh, I am just have been over the moon since this hire was announced earlier this morning. And it's only the first day. Dubas, it hasn't even been 24 hours. He's been on the job. And Dubas has already re-energized a fan base who is ready to get back into the postseason and ready to contend for, for more Stanley Cups. Robbie, uh, as we close out this, this uh, emergency podcast, if you will, talking about the arrival of the Kyle Dubas era, uh, what, do you have anything else left to add to put an exclamation point as, like you mentioned, the excitement of the offseason looks to be finally coming back around for the Penguins and their fans. No, not really. I think that, I mean, we kind of covered it all right there, and I think now we can kind of focus on getting back to business. Uh, like I kind of mentioned there earlier, um, the draft, the free agency, the pending free agents, uh, what ha- like the roster building. We were kind of in a holding pattern. You can't project much without kind of knowing the philosophy of who's calling the shots. And we we now know, and again, a guy that has a track record in Toronto, and you mentioned the the regular season numbers there. Obviously, you're judged on postseason success, and he never really had that in, in Toronto. And we can break that down, and yeah, maybe that puts a little bit of a damper on it. But if you want to have postseason success first, got to have regular season success. And Kyle Dubas uh, definitely... Uh, built the Toronto Maple Leafs into a a team that is in the postseason consistently, and that's what you want as a Penguins fan. We'll worry about the rest when they get there. Um, again, a lot of the playoffs can be a crapshoot sometimes when it comes to hot goaltending, hot play, but Kyle Dubas has no, had no problems building a team to get to the playoffs, and um, right now that's what the Penguins need more than anything because they can't compete for a Stanley Cup until uh, they get back to the playoffs. So this is a great first step, and I think with these next few weeks coming up, there's going to be uh, a lot of good uh, good stuff coming out of Penguins world, and I'm looking forward to covering it with you and at Pensburg. And, yeah, it should be an exciting couple weeks here uh, as we finally can now get the this part out of the way and get focused on the meat of the offseason. Yes, this is just the first day of what will surely be 
a very eventful offseason for the Pittsburgh Penguins as they enter a turning point in their franchise. It is a new day for the Penguins under the guidance of Fenway Sports Group. And like Robbie mentioned, we will be there every step of the way here in audio form at the Skating Penguin Network. In written form over at Pensburg.com, we will break down all the latest news if and when that happens. Uh, but until then, until we get some more meat of the offseason, I have been Garrett Behanna. Thank you so much for listening. For Robbie Noggle, thank you so much again for listening to this emergency podcast episode of the Penscast. And we will talk to all of you again very soon.